every woman has a birth story to tell. This podcast is our birth story. The birth story of how each of us became midwives. Our journey to midwifery. I'm your host, Amber Wilson, a doctor midwife. And each episode, I'll take you on another journey to hear the stories of midwives all across the globe. Listen to each tell the story of their personal journey. Listen to the words of how each was birthed into the field of midwifery and listen to the stories of trials and tribulations along the way and the love and passion each holds for midwifery. We have Sam, who is a certified nurse midwife, and we're going to hear more about her story today. So can you introduce yourself? Hi, thanks so much for having me on, Amber. Um, My name is Samantha Lawson, and I am a certified nurse midwife working in Hampton, Virginia. And you are also a doctorate of nursing practice. Yes, that's correct. And that's awesome. (laughs) So can you share with us, Sam, how, um, what year you graduated and how long you've been practicing actively as a midwife? Sure. Um, so my program was three years and I graduated in August of 2017 and I've actually been in practice for about a year and a half now, um, with doing full scope midwifery. Okay. So can tell us before you started your program long before what made you decide that you wanted to be a midwife? What was your driving force? What made you apply? This is going to be your why you went into midwifery. Um, I had never really heard of a midwife. I did not know what a midwife was. I really did not know very much about how women had babies or the history of women having babies. Um, And I just growing up, always had it in my head that I wanted to be a nurse. And then while I was in nursing school, um, quickly came to the realization that I did not love medical surgical nursing and became very worried that what I thought I'd wanted to do my whole life, you know, was not what I thought it was, was not going to work out. Um, but one of our pathophysiology instructors at the time, uh, was a midwife and she was working on her PhD and actually she ended up being the director of our program leader. I attended the university of Utah for both nursing school and midwifery school and Gwen Latondres taught my pathophysiology course back in the day when I was just a little baby nursing student. Um, And I remember thinking that she was very smart and had everything very together. And I, you know, I still am very nerdy. Um, But I remember thinking that like she was so smart and so together and like really knew the science behind everything and did such a good job teaching it that I, you know, first was like, oh, she's a midwife. Like, I wonder, I wonder what that is. I had never really heard of it before. Um, while I was in nursing school, um, I worked on an orthopedic unit as a certified nursing assistant, which was great, but also contributed to my understanding that maybe nursing was not what I thought Mm -hmm. it was and what I wanted to do forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, on a whim one day in class when I should have been paying attention to a lecture, applied for a job on a labor and delivery unit. And um, I interviewed and the interview went great. And I just blurted out in the middle of the interview that I wanted to be a midwife. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know really where that came from. But 
you know, I was like, oh, I think I want to be a midwife one day and I should be around women and labor and birth and everything and just make sure that this is really what I want to do. And um, ended up taking the job uh, working with some really amazing nurses and providers. But after seeing, after experiencing birth for the first time, I was totally hooked. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up working there as a technician while I was through, like through nursing school, working there as a nurse after I graduated. And then as a nurse, very quickly came to feel a little bit stuck between what uh, my patients wanted and then what providers sometimes thought was the best plan of care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know, kind of feeling like you're trapped between patients, birth plans, wishes, expectations, and then how yeah. the provider is expecting to manage labor. And so mm-hmm. I felt like I maybe needed to become a provider in order to balance, you know, be able to reconcile that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I truthfully, I never knew the difference between certified nurse midwives, certified professional midwives, lay midwives, direct entry, all of those things. Um, I just chose the nurse midwife route because that was what I came to realize first. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, I, when you're in nursing school, everyone tells you, oh, like you have to work on med surge for a little bit before you work in the ER or the ICU or labor and delivery. And I was like, no, I, you know, I want to be a labor and delivery nurse. And then once you get there, you realize like, oh, you know, a couple of years of med surge experience would not have been the worst thing in the world. (laughs) It would have been some good experience, but you know, I managed to get the job straight out of school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then same thing with midwifery school. Um, you know, they say that a couple of years, a little bit of time working as a nurse, isn't a bad idea either. And I, I applied straight out of school, fully, fully expecting that I would not be accepted the -hmm. first year around, thinking that maybe I'd be a more competitive applicant the second time I applied with a little bit more nursing experience. Um, But to my surprise, I, I got in straight out of nursing school. Wow. Um, Right. And well, and one of my, uh, fabulous, uh, midwife mentors had said, you know, traditionally, um, nurse, the nurse midwife route has not always been the, the way that women learn to be with women during labor. It's always, it's been more of the direct entry midwife, like women training other women, how to be with women. And so she's like, we can teach you how to check a cervix. We can teach you how to do it. You know, we can teach you how to do any of these things, but you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need the nursing piece of it in order to be able to do it and do it well. What age did you start your master's program or your, your graduate program? I'm sorry. Um, I believe I was 22. Okay. That's really young. It is. I may have, I know, I know maybe 22 or 23, either way, still pretty young. But yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. But you know, it's one of those things I, um, while I think it would have been valuable to have a little more experience under my belt, I also think um, maybe I would have been too afraid to apply had I not been a little naive when I applied. That's the, I maybe would have chickened out. So. Oh, that's so insightful. (laughs) That's just what I, you know, that's what I tell myself these days. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And now in hindsight, do you have any thoughts on what, what was great about your resume or, or your application that made you get accepted? Um, I think it was valuable, at least as a 
you know, applying as a new grad, I think it was helpful that I had worked on labor and delivery before mm-hmm. and um, certainly could speak to some experiences that I had just witnessing different births mm-hmm. and, and under, you know, understanding like what felt right, what sat right with me and what didn't. Um, I, again, like I mentioned, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I did well in school. I really liked school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was young. I'm not, I'm still not married. I don't have kids. So I did have time to volunteer and work and do all of that without, you know, burning the candle at both ends too, too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that was valuable as well. So, yeah. Um, can you share how the University of Utah's program is set up? Like, is it online, on campus? hybrid how does their program work and also just to clarify too is they go directly from bachelor's to doctorate or do they have a master's halfway um it is they do have a bachelor's to doctorate program they do also offer the dmp um Mm -hmm. separate for you know midwives who have their master's and then are going back in our cohort it was we were just a bsn to dmp cohort Mm -hmm. um we, it is a hybrid program, but they do have a distance option, excuse me. Um, but they try, at least when I was there, they tried to keep it so that you had primarily like one or two days of class. They ended up being long days of class on campus. And then the rest of the courses were either online, but it allowed for you to have as many other days available for clinical rotations. Mm-hmm. Um, the first year was primarily didactic. A lot of the courses that are like required for the DNP, that type of thing. And then the second year you started into your clinical rotations. Um, mm-hmm. They have a faculty practice and they arrange all of the clinical rotations for you. So the second year you're with the faculty practice there at the University of Utah. And then in the third year um, you're doing your midwifery rotation they do offer a dual women's health np and midwife rotation so if you did the dual program you had a like a family practice like a primary care um, clinical rotation women's health like Mm -hmm. residency and then a midwifery residency and they coordinate all of that for you which i felt like was really helpful yeah definitely yeah were you full-time I was. I I could be mistaken, but I I don't believe part time was an option. Okay. And how long was your entire graduate program? Um, three years, nine semesters. Okay. And you, you did work during school. How did. did you manage working? Like, were you part time working, full time working, and how did you manage that along with clinical hours? Um. So it was. Uh, Fortunately, babies are born at all times of the day and night. So um, I worked part-time, which is typically um, between 12 and 24 hours a week. And I, you know, worked shifts and we had eight and 12 hour shifts available. So it wasn't too hard to Mm -hmm. manage scheduling around class. Um, We also had it set up where we could the way we scheduled our clinical rotations, we would self-schedule with the faculty practice. So we had like a list of all the shifts available with the faculty practice that we could choose from and we were able to choose our own schedules. So it was fairly flexible. And that that worked out really well for a lot of my classmates and myself. That is really nice to just have it all in one school. Wow, luxury. Right. It was really, really nice. And then all of our teachers to everyone who was teaching our classes also was practicing at the time. So Mm -hmm. everyone was generally on the same page about what we were 
what we were learning in class, what the expectation was, what we should know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And what a cool job as the faculty to be able right. to teach and practice. Right. That's a cool right. It is. It is a cool job. Yeah. Um, so you, you said you didn't have a spouse or children at right. the time or still. Um, but as far as like personal time, me time, do you feel like you had a balance? Were you just lost in being a student? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it I, I feel like it was really pretty manageable. Granted, um, I lived in Salt Lake. All my favorite things to do were like running and hiking and climbing. And all of that was readily accessible where I was living. And I had a lot of good friends who were also nurses, who also worked shifts. Mm -hmm. um, so it really wasn't too hard to find someone to go hike midweek <laughs> in the middle mm -hmm. of the day when, you know, everybody's on nights or whatever. It, it really wasn't too bad for me. Um, but I kind of like, um, I like mixing it up. I don't know that I am quite ready for the nine to five. So it was... You know, I appreciate a little bit of variety and bouncing around. So, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do with nine to five. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so can you share a little bit about how you financed your education? I actually ended up applying and was accepted for a scholarship to the United States Air Force while I was in school. Um, and I will say the University of Utah does a really good job with teaching assistant positions and graduate assistant positions, um, I think especially for their graduate nursing program. Um, but I ended up speaking with some recruiters while I was at school one day. They had a booth set up. And it sounds silly, but I had no idea um, that you could serve in the military as a midwife. So mm -hmm. um, that ended up working out really well for me. So you had some funding from the military and then you have time obligated back to the Air yes. Force. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That is awesome. So that's what yes. you're doing now is serving in the Air Force as a midwife. It is. Yes. Okay. How long after graduation you passed your boards? Did you pass the first time and what tool did you use to study? Um, so I graduated, I believe my degree actually posted beginning of October and then I took boards mid September, maybe early October. And I primarily used the, um, review guide, the certification review guide, um, that's published through ACNM and in PWH. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of practice questions. I think I reviewed notes for things that I like felt uncertain about, but that was primarily what I mm -hmm. used to study. Did you feel good sitting in the exam like you knew you felt? I, I did. I did. And it was one of those that you certainly feel really, really nervous and you feel afraid to feel good about the exam. <laughs> but really, I do feel like that adequately prepared me. And I, I did pass on the first time. Um, and I, I took it just about as soon as I was able to after getting my degree, doing the whole process to like, get your authorization to test and scheduling. So... Mm -hmm. Do you remember how long it took to get your state license? I believe I had it within a month. Okay. That is fast. And since obviously you joined the military, so um, about how long after graduation were you able to start that job? Um, I graduated in August and I didn't come on active duty until March of the following year, which was not something that I was... 
um, anticipating. So it did take yeah. a little while. I was fun employed for <laughs> a little bit. So <laughs> in the meantime, in like that six month period. So did you work at all in that six month period? I did. I worked as a package handler at FedEx through oh, Christmas and I worked as a nanny. <laughs> so I did, yeah, with my fancy DMP, you know, first yeah, job out of graduate yeah. school. Uh, working in a warehouse and being, it was, it was probably some of the hardest work I've, I've done. It was great though. Both of, both of those jobs were really awesome. So yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so can you share a little bit about now that you're working as midwife, a couple of questions about your current practice, like what's your model of care? What is an average week for Sam look like? You know, what's your schedule like? How is your autonomy? You know, you're not under state regulations necessarily being in the military, but how do you feel you're able to practice autonomously working in a military facility? Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I feel like I feel like I have a pretty sweet setup. Um, I work, it's a, you know, we share patients with physicians and midwives, as well as some nurse practitioners in clinic. And um, really there seems like there's just about always someone to consult or collaborate with. I always have a backup and I'm working with providers who are comfortable working with midwives. And then it was also really a blessing as a new grad. Um, they're used to getting new midwives through these different scholarship programs and things. So it, it was really nice being able to come on board somewhere where I didn't feel like I was having to defend midwifery or always explain what a midwife was. People generally, generally kind of knew and they knew what it was like to have a new, a new midwife as well. So uh, my schedule right now is, it varies week to week. It's usually some combination of call and clinic, um, typically between 40 and 50 hours, um, sometimes more, sometimes, you know, depending on needs, but it, I really don't feel like we're um, taken advantage of or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it really isn't, it really isn't unreasonable. I feel like we have a good work-life balance and I have some really terrific colleagues. So I feel very fortunate for this opportunity for sure. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so usually I do ask a little bit about salary for, in your case, it'll be a little different because you're, um, right active duty, but can you share maybe how someone might look into what their salary might be if they were coming on to active duty or interested in it? Sure. So um, you do, when you come on, they determine your rank and your pay grade, and it kind of depends on your degree and how much experience you have. Um, when you join as a midwife, you do come in as an officer. Um, so all of this information really is available online, or you can speak with a recruiter. Um, but it depends on, you know, how many, how much experience you have, and then where you live. Um, like the allowance for sustenance and things like that depends on, and housing um, depends on the zip code where you live. So most of the stuff you really can Google <laughs> if you're wanting to get a ballpark estimate. So mm -hmm. yeah. now that you've been in practice for you know, almost a couple years. What is your driving force to be a midwife now? What keeps you going? What, what makes you happy to go to work every day? One of my greatest sources of satisfaction is, are the people who I work with. I, I have to say I'm super lucky um, to work with the midwives and the physicians that I, I get to work with on a daily basis. And then I also really love the opportunity um, to care for this patient population. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll ever stop getting, you know, teary and choked up when dad is Skyping in from a deployment or you know, the partner Skyping in from a deployment when mm-hmm. someone's giving birth. It's, it really is super special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I really love the teaching component of things. Um, I really love asking women, you know, what they, what they want their birth to look like, what they, you know, hope and expect and all of these things. And, um, I feel like the majority of the time my patients are kind of caught off guard by that. Um, and so I love being able to take that opportunity to explain like what they can choose, what they like, what they, you know, could read up about, like what type of options there are to explore. And, you know, it's, um, I really like getting people thinking about their birth and what's possible. So. Oh, I love that. Let's go into midwifery because of personal experiences with our own birth and our own children. So you haven't entered the realm of motherhood yet. Right. How do you think <laughs> that, I mean, you've been on your own birth story. I say this, this journey to midwifery is our birth story of how we became a midwife. But um, how do you feel that, you know, personally, how does that make you feel or how do you feel it affects your care that you haven't stepped into that world yet? And so maybe... I think that you are a wonderful, empathetic, caring midwife, but how do you personally feel about that situation? Um, you know, it's, I, I don't have to understand in order to be present and to listen to what someone is telling me they need. Um, and I think it's just, uh, at least for me, I, you know, I can't think like, oh, I feel you. I know what transitions like, you know, I, I can, you know, I don't have that personal experience. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of serves as a motivation to keep learning and continue trying to have different tricks or skills or things that I, you know, suggestions that I can make things that we can try to help women cope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, in a way, I think it helps me reserve judgment and, and just do my best to listen. So I think that's a good answer. And I asked you that because, you know, if you think about the history of midwifery, it's often back in the old, old, old times, it's the, the mothers, the grandmothers, and they've done it and then they help their daughters. And so I wouldn't want somebody today to think, well, just because I haven't had children, I wouldn't want them to stop, to stop them on that journey. So I think it's important to hear your story. Right. Well, and truthfully, I think, um, you know, I hope to, I hope to have kids someday. I think it just, um, I maybe wouldn't even have known what my options were. Had I not stumbled into midwifery, I maybe wouldn't have known that I can ask questions and that I can tell people what I want and what I expect and how I expect to be treated. And, um, mm-hmm. I think so much, I think I would have definitely fallen into the, Oh, I'll just do as I do as I'm told. I'm a good patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, trap had I not had I not known so yeah that's awesome and now you know to raise your voice right <laughs> exactly or tell your patients to raise their voice right right. right so final thoughts anything that you would add to an aspiring midwife I would just say to go for it. If you, if you want to be a midwife, there are so many opportunities and ways to be involved and things to learn. And I feel like those opportunities for growth 
growth never stop even once you're in it. So continue to keep an open mind and an open heart. And um, I can say you'll, you'll get through it and it'll be worth it. And um, women need you. So and say, yeah. That's good. That's good final thoughts. Well, thank you, Sam, for sharing your story. Another awesome one for the books. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to interview or know someone who does or encourage someone who has a great story or viewpoint to share, have them reach out to me. Easy to find. I'm in one place now. Journey to Midwifery Podcast at gmail.com. The email address is in the show notes and on the podcast page. But again, Journey to Midwifery Podcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you and share your story.